It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, thank you for tuning into the show. I'm Chloe, the host, and in this episode, we've got our second repeat guest of the 2020 e-commerce master plan growth series sponsored by Omnisend. The series is a set of nine episodes we're releasing throughout January, numbers 249 to 257 if you want to catch them all. And in each, I aim to bring you a guest or guests who can uncover a different side of the challenges of growth. In the first few years of an e-commerce business, or any business to be honest, there's often a lot of toing and froing trying to find the right pathway, the right products, the right path to market, the right marketing methods. There's a lot that has to be tested and, of course, optimised. That's what today's guest is joining us to talk about. Four years ago, he designed a really clever new product that solves a frustration for many people around the world. When we caught up with him two years ago, he was busy testing different routes to market. Online sales versus licensing to manufacturers versus selling wholesale to tailors and dry cleaners. In today's episode, you're going to find out how all of that has been going, the marketing testing he's been doing, and how he's ended up creating a whole new brand as yet another route to market. Some of the lessons from how he's done all of this are priceless. The business he's building is still a work in progress, and in this episode you get to see very candidly behind the scenes to hear how he manages all the different ideas and how they all start coming together to create the platform from which growth is, I think, just about to go crazy. Before we get stuck in, please take a moment to listen to our lovely sponsors. Are you looking to increase your sales without a lot of extra work? Omnisend's email and SMS marketing automation platform is tailor-made for e-commerce businesses like you. It's got everything you need to start making more sales immediately, including one-click integrations with the major e-commerce platforms and super easy migration from your existing email marketing platform. They even have award-winning all-human 24-7 customer support who will help you out in under six minutes. No more trying to get past the chatbot. Omnisend is trusted by over 70,000 e-commerce brands and me. Yes, we run our email marketing on the Omnisend platform. Ready to join us? Well, sign up for a free account at ecmp.info forward slash Omnisend and use the code masterplan2022 to save 15% on paid plans when you need them. Everyone in your business should read this book, whether they are in marketing or not. Why? Because it removes all the smoke and mirrors around marketing for e-commerce, channel by channel, but still delivers for your marketing team on detail and how to plan for success. That's what Nicola Fox, ex-head of CR at Misguided, said about my new book, E-commerce marketing, how to get traffic that buys to your website. You can grab the Kindle or paperback on your local Amazon store now. Or if you're not quite ready to commit to buying the book, head to ecommercemarketingbook.com to get the free crash course, including the first two chapters. 
And now to introduce today's special guest. Rob Kessler is the inventor and co-founder of Million Dollar Collar, where he creates fashion accessories for men which provide a classy, polished appearance. Rob launched the business in January 2016, and they've now sold over 250,000 units in 111 countries to over 18,000 customers. We last chatted two years ago, so I'm really excited to find out what Rob's been up to to get the numbers so high. Hello, Rob. Chloe, hey, how are you? Good to talk to you. I'm good. It's lovely to have you back on the show again. Um, so thanks for getting in contact to make this happen. Because um, like yeah. I said, I, I am very interested to hear what's been going on. Um, so how have the last two years been? Uh, the last two years have been crazy. So um, <laughs> we, you know, we focus a lot on our dry cleaners and tailors since our product needs to be sewn in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're now in about 600 locations, uh, mostly in the U.S., but we just hooked up with a bunch of guys in Australia, New Zealand, uh, starting mm. to build out Europe a little bit. So, yeah, it's been it's been fun. It's been crazy. Cool. Well, look, we should probably explain what the product is because people may be going, tailors, dry cleaners, <laughs> what on earth are we talking about? So tell us about the Million Dollar Collar. Yeah, we could back up a little bit. So Million Dollar Collar is the world's first placket stay. Um Most guys these days don't wear a tie with their dress shirt. And I hated the way I looked on my wedding day. Um, My shirt just collapsed. It was brand new. It was freshly pressed. And it just looked terrible on the biggest day of my life. So um, I always wondered why there wasn't any reinforcement in the front of the shirt where the buttons and the holes are. Uh, Everything else has been built around the collar, collar stays, things like that. But nothing really addressed the real problem, which to me was where the buttons and the holes are. That's the part that crumbled. So... Uh, after my wedding, I came home, I started cutting open dress shirts and three years and a hundred room dress shirts later, I perfected and patented a million dollar collar. Excellent. And hence everyone who's listening is going, oh, that's why tailors and dry cleaners. Um, right. So the beauty is, is that every dress shirt is made almost identical. There's always two layers where the buttons and the holes are mm-hmm. because that's a tugging point. Um, so they want to build up the, the strength of that part. So, um, since every shirt's made exactly the same, the instructions are the same. They open a couple stitches where the placket meets the collar band. They slide million dollar collar in, sew back together right through the material. And once it's inside of the shirt, hidden discreetly, it lasts for the life of the shirt. So it's really cool that uh, shirts are all made the same and that it can just kind of hide inside of there. And that was part of the challenge of the three-year development is it had to be soft enough to be sewn through, but heat resistant enough to deal with dry cleaners and soft enough and, you know, rigid enough. And it had to meet all kinds of crazy criteria to work. And and it does. It works amazing. And it's it's paying off as well, all that effort, isn't it? Because, um, well, I think last time we caught up, you were just in the process of starting the journey of getting into the tailors and the dry cleaners. And it sounds like that's that's been a strategy that's paid off for you. Yeah, it's been good. You know, there it's it's a very funny industry it's it's contracting so the stronger players are rising to the top and you know eating Mm -hmm. up a lot of the little guys uh and at the same time we have this great product that is new to the industry and it just seems like such a battle to get to these guys and get them to understand what the opportunity is the reason we deal with dry cleaners mostly is because the smallest guys do 200 dress shirts a day you know most stores don't sell that many in a month. So to have a, a, a store that has 200 a day and there's 40,000 dry cleaners in North America, um, th- there's a huge market for us if we can 
get them to understand what the potential is. Yeah, and I guess that the contraction of the market is is a good thing and a bad thing, isn't it? It's a good thing because if you can get into one of them, that's huge volumes. But it's a bad thing because the gateway to get to the right person to convince them is so much more challenging. Yeah, it's uh, they're, they're becoming more corporate. I mean, one of the guys who deal with has 180 locations and they're expanding and that's Procter & Gamble's Tide cleaners. So they're, uh, they're expanding their footprint. Uh, and then there's guys that have one location and they do a lot of routes. So they might only have one physical, but they'll pick up and drop off at your house or your office or wherever. And so it creates different challenges to have different messaging for each of those types of customers. And so um, the opportunities there, I mean, the biggest guys do like 60, 70,000 shirts a week. So um, yeah. <laughs> there's plenty of potential there in the market, isn't there? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, a billion shirts were sold in the US last year. Wow. And and you've you've stopped uh working on the licensing side of things because you were when we when we talked you were also trying to see if there was traction in getting shirt manufacturers to put in your plackets at the beginning of the process. Well, I'll tell you what happened. We we've kind of pushed the brakes on that because it was a challenge um to find the right partner. So we decided let's make our own dress shirt and prove the fact that we can outsell other brands with my technology built in. I mean, we figured that if a company can make shorter dress shirts with a non-proprietary technology and do hundreds of millions of dollars in sales, that my proprietary technology should take us uh, that far, if not further. So last year we actually launched, uh, we did a soft launch to friends and uh, current customers mm -hmm. of our new company called Go Tyless. It's the first shirt designed to be worn without a tie. That's a great uh, name. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. We yeah. uh, we we had 200 shirts for that uh, only, and we sold those out in 72 hours. Wow. Uh, we got feedback from, we had a really kind of like nice focus group on those 200 people that bought. And what did you like? What did you not like? What would you like to see? You know, what did you hate? Whatever. And um, then we went back to the drawing board, made a bunch of tweaks and perfected the shirt. And it took us seven months to get it fixed in the way we wanted. Uh, and so we just, just launched a couple months ago, the, the brand go tieless with three colors. Uh, all the fabrics have 3% spandex. So there's a nice stretch to them. So they move with you during the day, mm -hmm. million dollar collars built in, obviously they all have contrast cuffs, plackets, and collar bands. So you got a nice little pop of color. And, um, we actually removed the top button on the shirt itself because we're fully committed to a tieless look. So there's not even a top button to button it all the way up. Oh, I love that. So there, there is no choice. You are wearing this without a tie, whether you, you know, you know, I actually have a pretty big neck. So most for, to get me to have a dress shirt that fits, I can't have a neck that closes. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know how many times in life that you're ever in a situation where you emergency have to put a tie on, but if you had to slide a tie all the way up, you could. So <laughs> yeah, you don't, you don't necessarily need the button there to do it. Do you? <laughs> Usually when you leave the house in the morning, you know, if you need to wear a tie or not, but, um, so yeah, I mean, if you had to in a pinch, obviously you can cinch it up and it'll be fine, but it was designed to not be worn with a tie. And I, I love that 
you you didn't just go right. We've got a product. Let's crowdfund it, and we'll or let's just release two hundred, see how it goes, and then just buy more stock. You had a real strategy around that first two hundred, that first beta, which which sounds to me like it was let's get the product into the hands of people who we know appreciate the million dollar collar, and then use them yeah. to help us create an awesome product. I think a lot of people yeah, exactly. would have missed that feedback step, and I I think those seven months you spent dealing with the feedback are, are going to turn out to be priceless over the coming years. Uh, I'll tell you, I mean, going from my product, which was complicated to design, but mm. I have one skew, it's one size, it's one set. <laughs> and, and it's how many do you want to buy is basically mm-hmm. my option. I mean, we have five, three colors. We have small to double extra large. We have a slim cut and a standard cut. So, I mean, it, the, and then the variables with sleeve lengths and this and that and like stitches. Mm-hmm. And it's insane how many more variables are involved, which is why we were so hesitant to do shirts in the first place. But yeah. during all of that process, one of the big brands we were talking to reached back out to us and said, hey, what's going on with Million Dollar Collar? Let's talk. And so we've met with them at their corporate headquarters. Um, and so the licensing may end up coming back uh full circle and and going through this process of creating our own shirt may have actually worked in our favor. So we're still negotiating. It is a massive deal. It's 10 times as many units as we've sold in the last four years wow. in a single test. So they're a huge brand. They have a huge marketplace and, uh, and it's a massive opportunity that we've been working seven years for. But and I, I suppose the, the thing is about the creating your own shirt, the Go Tireless brand, is that everything you learn in that process and then the customer feedback and the sales results you achieve will help you with the licensing project as well, won't they? Because that's that's just extra information you can use when you're talking to the shirt manufacturers, extra proof of concept. It, it's got to make the licensing play more straightforward. Or, well, or it more certainly to helps happen, to have maybe. conversations when we're talking about, you know, uh, construction aspects and what we've learned that works and doesn't work and, Uh, It definitely gives us a lot more credibility going into the conversations instead of saying, yeah, sure, throw this in your shirt, figure it out. You know, we we know how to (laughs) how the manufacturing side works now. And uh, it's a massive headache, I can tell you, but it'll all be worth it. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about Go Tireless then. Um, What made you decide to do it as a new brand and not just the million dollar collar shirt? Um, Because we want to prove that that a brand can stand alone. Um, I mean, we have actually have larger uh, goals for that. I don't want it to just be shirts. I mm-hmm. feel like it could be a full head to toe men's and women's mm. brand. Uh, I mean, honestly, it was a year ago in December. I heard a podcast from the Untuck It guys mm-hmm. with Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank on his podcast. And I just I listened to this thing and I'm like, they are no different from us. Like, what what are we doing? Why aren't we in that? realm. And we were actually talking to those guys about licensing our technology to them. Um, they're vertically integrated. They make their own shirts and sell them in their own, um, you know, locations and online. So there's no middlemen like some of the other brands that we had the challenge with. So I figured, man, if those guys can do it and, and all they have is a shorter shirt, that's not proprietary. They've done some amazing branding, obviously, but they don't have anything proprietary. So they're rolling out all kinds of stuff and their untuck it name doesn't really stand anymore because they have jackets and shoes and pants and all this other stuff. So, um, 
we really thought about the name go Tylus and Tylus is, is more of a mentality, you know, it's mm-hmm. living on your own terms. It's, it's casual, but still looking sharp. I mean, the funny thing is if you say, uh, dress business casual for this event, nobody knows what the heck that means. And so we're actually going to define what business casual is and have an entire line of clothing for men and women that you could wear any of our stuff and you will be fitting in in business casual and looking probably better than most people in the room. Very cool. I like, I always like your, your ambition, Rob. And I, and it's really nice to catch up with you two years on and hear how all the things that you're planning have started solidifying down, but also at the same time expanded out into new and <laughs> other exciting projects. But one thing which we haven't really talked about at all yet is e-commerce, which we probably should mention about. So in terms of selling online, are, is, uh, is Million Dollar Collar still on the same platform it was on? And have you chosen to go with the same platform for Go Tyler's? Yep. Shopify. Um, we use Shopify for both. Uh, it's really nice to be able to pop back and forth. The, the integrations are great. We use a lot of the apps. Um, and yeah, GoTylus is on that. Million Dollar Collar is doing well. I think we just had our uh, eight or 9,000 sale through uh, our Shopify site. So it's awesome. Yeah. The only thing that Shopify has really not figured out is exchanges, which we found out with the shirt you know, you send a guy a medium slim. He's like, oh, you know what? I, I really need a, a large slim. It was just a little snug. Shopify doesn't have a very easy way for me to take that shirt back in, exchange it and get it back out, which is really bizarre. But, um, you know, there's a workaround for it. It's just, you know, not as, as easy. There's probably a couple of people listening right now going, oh, I've got an app for that. I know the app you need. So guys, if you do get in contact via the Facebook group or Twitter or, you know, uh, drop me a note via the website and I will make sure that information gets on to Rob because um, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, it's a pain. I had a guy actually, he ordered our three pack bundle. So we got all three shirts. Mm-hmm. They were, a, I think he ordered a small slim and he needed a medium slim. So I ended up trying to go through those steps that, that someone suggested and I refunded this guy his money, all of it. And his new shirts were on his way to him. So I potentially was out three shirts plus shipping plus everything. Thank God he was a good dude. And and I sent him an invoice and he paid it. We got it squared away. But I mean, it's it's really a pain to do an exchange on Shopify. Yeah, you that's um, you definitely don't want to be in the situation where you've dealt, spent all the time and effort and the additional postage dealing with an exchange. And then you go and annoy the customer <laughs> by going, oh, by the way, I gave you the money back. Can I have it back now, please? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, he's like, no, I haven't seen it hit my account. I'm like, oh boy, here we go. I'm going to be out 300 bucks, but yeah. Joy. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) So it worked Uh, out. So are there, and and what's the team look like now? How many of you, who's, who's working in the business? So right now it's still, um, my partner, Steve, he, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if he had left by the time we talked last time, he was uh, full-time at Salesforce, one of their top sales guys. Uh, and so he left that and has been with me full time now. So we're, we're partners in both businesses. My dad was an early investor in million dollar collar. Uh, he since retired from his jewelry business mm-hmm. and, uh, he's on the team for go Tylus. He's got, you know, a new project in front of him and, oh, cool. um, it's pretty exciting having him around and his wisdom. I mean, he, he borrowed $700 from my grandpa in 1980, left town, ended up getting in the jewelry business. And when he left that business, they did 35 million his last year he was there. So um, he built an unbelievable bit brand, totally opposite. So it's, 
a challenge being an e-commerce company talking to a guy who's bricks and mortar. Um, <laughs> but he definitely brings some good um, hindsight and perspective and, um, you know, it adds a lot to the team. Yeah, because at the end of the day, they're still customers, even if you can't see the whites of their eyes. And they're still quite similar beings <laughs> to the ones who actually walk into a store, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, I learned from him, customer service is number one. And anytime somebody has an issue on our site, I mean, we are on it. I'm on it right away. And I mean, I've had some people say, oh my God, this is the best service I've ever gotten. And it's weird for me because I was I was obviously in the jewelry business with them. I sold cars, I sold houses. It's all face-to-face. And mm-hmm. to be able to try to convert that kind of customer service online, it's not easy, but when it works, man, it's it's the best. So, um you know, raving fans, doesn't matter if they're face-to-face or not. Very cool. And are you outsourcing anything or are you still doing everything yourselves? Um, we've got a guy in Australia that helps out with some of our coding that we need. Mm-hmm. Uh, we use Upwork from time to time for certain projects. We have a, a copywriter on that we have regularly. Um, and we're just starting with a new Facebook ad guy. Hopefully, you know, we're going to He's going to be performance-based, so, you know, the better he does, the better everybody does. So, um, you know, we're just, we've been burned by too many people. And my advice to anyone out there is if somebody's not willing to work performance-based, then I think they're lying to you. I mean, we're in the six figures of people saying they could do stuff and not and basically stealing money from us. So, um, yeah, if they're not willing to work performance-based, I don't do not hire them. I'm not going to second that because I I think um, I think it's it's a good practice when you're early on to go right. Let's find some people who can do it performance based. But I know there's an awful lot of awesome people who do do what they say. Um, so I so I can't second your your advice on completely only doing the pay for pay for Point performance. Point them my way because I found all uh, the people that can't. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, the thing I'm is, I'm really good at finding the guys that can't do what yeah. they say they can do. <laughs> I would say it's it's um, one of the most difficult things I think for 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 businesses that are just going into the outsourcing route, it's working out how to outsource things like Google ads and Facebook ads, because you need to know an awful lot about them to hire someone effectively who can do it for you. You know, and bigger companies get around that by either, you know, hiring someone themselves, which of course a small company can't do, or they get around it by going to a reputable agency where internally there should be uh, all the checks and balances in place to make sure good performance comes from it. But of course, that comes at a higher ticket price, which usually is not something the smaller business can afford. So yeah, going going pay for performance as you learn what to expect from them and, and all the results is um is is a good idea early on. But I can't I can't completely agree with the only go pay for pay for performance, but it certainly does make that a lot more relaxing to do when you're early, early stage, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean we're coming out of uh a deal with a guy. Uh, it was a huge firm here in Los mm. Angeles. Um, I mean, $5,000 a month retainer, $5,000 a month ad spend. And they managed during the busiest shopping time of the year, Christmas, the holiday season. Uh, they only sold four shirts for us. And Oh, that's shocking. So, yeah. I mean, we've got the greatest technology. We've got an amazing new thing and they couldn't sell anything. So uh, we, we thought, exactly like you. Let's go the big company route. They're mm. going to be reputable. They're going to be somebody that can stand behind. And and they drained our company and, and you know, now Gotilus is fluttering a little bit, trying to figure out what to do. So uh, it's been uh, a struggle. I mean, we've gone big, we've gone small, gone all across the board. So 
do your homework as best I can send. Hopefully you can get a referral from somebody that, you know, uh, has had good relationship with somebody that uh, knows what they're doing. Otherwise, I don't know how to find. Yeah, find it, it is scarily easily easy to get burnt uh, with Facebook ads, Google ads and the SEO side of things. But there are some great people out there, you know, um, but yeah, recommendations help. And I think it's also good to try and find someone who's done sold a similar type of product, especially when it comes to Facebook. I think there's there's an awful lot to learn in each in each niche. And if you can find someone who's tackled something similar in your niche before, you know, if you're if you're out there and you're selling dog food and you're about to hire someone who's only ever sold fashion on Facebook, then it's probably not the right person. Um, you know, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I think that our problem was almost that we were so small for them that, you know, they put the the most, the least experienced people on our mm-hmm. account because that was the pay grade we could afford. Um, and so, you know, there's there was that balance too. It was just kind of a weird, you know, set of circumstances. And, you know, we'll recover obviously because we never give up, but uh, it's certainly frustrating, especially when you talk to other business owners that are like, how could they not sell yeah. more? It's like appalling. So yeah, I say, we'll get it figured out. You would. That's that's quite impressively bad. Yeah, <laughs> that's that is not the first time I've heard those exact words. Yeah, impressively bad. <laughs> it is. It is impressively bad. I mean, that you know, this whole case studies on yeah, how to. I'm not quite sure how you had managed to do that. But anyway, I, I'm I'm about to lose myself in thought, which which neither you, Rob, nor the listeners need right now. Um, <laughs> But talking about marketing, the marketing method we talked an awful lot about last time was influencer marketing, because that was that was something you were using a lot to get things off the ground. Is that something you're still doing a lot of? Um, yeah, you know, it's we've learned another lesson on that is, um, you know, we went with a guy that we was our first influencer. He was very reasonable. He had 225,000 subscribers when we first worked with him. Now he's at 4.2 million subscribers. Wow. Uh, and we thought, oh my God, this is going to be, this is going to be incredible. We're going to, we need to order more fabric. We're going to sell out of these shirts. The problem when guys get that big is they've got a lot of poser followers. Mm-hmm. Um, so my advice in that realm still is 250, 300,000 or less is where you want to be. I would rather have 25 micro influencers, send them all a free shirt get all the content from those guys plus what they're able to put out to their people. Because if you got a 5,000, 10,000, 25,000 subscribers, it's not because you're popular. It's because you're saying something that's resonating with people and they actually care about what you have to say. When these guys get to two, three, four million followers, it's not as much about what they have to say. It's, it's just, that's the popular guy. Let's follow him because everybody else is following him. Yeah, the, the message and the resonance of it gets lost, doesn't it? So you just don't get... And, and of course, they try and... It's interesting that the influencer will, will price based on size of size of audience, but actually the impact kind of drops off the bigger it gets. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, 4.3 million subscribers and we've got maybe 100,000 views on his video. So it's like, what's going on? And then the original, when he had seven hundred or 200,000 subscribers, that one's got three quarters of a million views, 750,000 wow. views. So... Um, you know, it's been out there for a few years, but I don't know, man, I, I just think that the, the smaller guys just have a much better bite and a bet, much better relationship. They're probably not putting out content as often. So when it does come out, it's mm-hmm. exciting and people watch it. 
um, this guy's putting out stuff every single day and, you know, he's trying to do his own brand and it just, it just muddied the waters a little too much for us. So. Yeah. From what I've, I mean, I've not run microinfluencer campaigns myself, but what I've heard from people on the podcast talking about it and other people I've seen, you know, when I'm out and about is the, the passion of a micro-influencer comes across hugely through the content they create as well. So you get kind of even better content than you would otherwise get, which I think helps things too. Well, and that's a bonus. I mean, the content, you can only create so much with your circle of friends. I mean, photo shoots get expensive, you know, to have different types of people from all over the world with their pitch. I mean, maybe some influencer is going to say something about your product that you never even thought of, but it's the exact right messaging. So, you know, it's just multiple benefits from expanding out your reach and talking to and having more people talk about your product that I just, there's no way to lose. I don't think, you know, and some of these guys are so small that all it takes is a little product. Some it's 50 bucks or a hundred bucks or 500 bucks, but you start spending five, 10, $20,000 for a post. Uh, it's a lot riskier. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. Are you looking to increase your sales without a lot of extra work? Omnisend's email and SMS marketing automation platform is tailor-made for e-commerce businesses like you. It's got everything you need to start making more sales immediately, including one-click integrations with the major e-commerce platforms and super easy migration from your existing email marketing platform. They even have award-winning all-human 24-7 customer support who will help you out in under six minutes. No more trying to get past the chatbot. Omnisend is trusted by over 70,000 e-commerce brands and me. Yes, we run our email marketing on the Omnisend platform. Ready to join us? Well, sign up for a free account at ecmp.info forward slash Omnisend and use the code masterplan2022 to save 15% on paid plans when you need them. Get started. In the last ad break, you heard a review from a retailer just like you of my new book, E-commerce Marketing, How to Get Traffic That Buys to Your Website. It's a Kindle bestseller in the UK, USA and Australia. And as past podcast guest Chantal put it, if you run an e-commerce business, buy this book. The Kindle and paperback are available from your local Amazon store, plus it's now available everywhere on audiobook too. Just search e-commerce marketing on your favourite audiobook app and click on the white cover with the blue and pink text. It's time for the top tips round. I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our business to the next level. So Rob, you've given us lots of great advice already. I have to say huge amounts in this show. So thank you. But are you ready to give us some more advice in the top tips? Sure, it's rock. Okay, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Um, so I'm a huge Grant Cardone fan. 10X to me is, you know, as you heard, I've got big goals. And then as I feel like I'm getting closer to the goal, my goals get bigger again. And that's Grant Cardone's 10X. It's never you know, quite reaching your goal and setting these massive, uh, you know, projections and trying to get there. I love that. And, um, on, and the other one that I would tell you is called the three minute rule. Uh, it's by Brant Pinvidic. Um, he is a producer. He came up with the biggest loser and a bunch of other shows and he 
broke down how to pitch your idea within three minutes. And if it takes longer than three minutes and you don't know what you're talking about, it's an amazing book. I met him right before I went to the pitch with that huge brand. And we're now we're talking about two plus million unit deal. Uh, and it was a lifesaver. It was just like the perfect timing. So it was, it was spot on. I think that that's one of the strongest recommendations for a book we've had yet. I used it and it's got us in with a huge business that's oh, going to change things. Yeah. So cool. Yeah, that. it was pretty incredible. Yeah, Brand Pivotic. Nice. Okay. The traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Uh, for website traffic is definitely the influencers. And then, you know, having a strong email campaign. Um, I mean, I have a couple other brands that are in the, you know, go tie space that I just register for their, their email list just to see what they're doing. Um, it's free money, you know, and, and it takes time. And if you spent 15 minutes a day generating emails, then it would go a long way. Uh, but staying in touch with your current customers is a much stronger base than anything else that you can than you use at all. Cool. I love it. Uh, the top tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plug in a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? Well, we're all spread out. Um, my partner's in Madison, Wisconsin. I'm in Los Angeles. My dad goes back and forth between Milwaukee, Wisconsin and Palm Springs, California. So we're very rarely ever in the same room. Um, we've been using Slack a lot, uh, the free tools on Slack, and we use Google for all of our you know, emails and slides and all that stuff inside. So between those two, it pretty much has everything covered for us. Okay. And then the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? Um, it's follow-up. You know, it's, it's make people feel like you appreciate them, you know, and that goes back to the email campaigns. It's not always about buy my product, buy my product, recommend to a friend, like really following up and caring about how the order went, did it arrive on time? How are things going? And that personal touch, like I said, my dad and I come from face-to-face -face sales and to try to make it feel like that online is difficult, but if you can do it, you know, they're going to be more likely to share your product and the experience with you if you make them feel, you know, warm and cozy. Rob, yet more great advice. Um, I think this is this is certainly one of those episodes I think the listeners are going to be listening to a couple of times to make sure they get all the bits and pieces we've talked about today because we've packed it in. So um, before we say goodbye, though, could you let the listeners know where they can find you and your businesses on the web and social media, please? Yeah, we have all the handles for both of our names. Million Dollar Collar is too long on Twitter, although we don't really use it on Twitter. So it's M Dollar Collar on Twitter. We're Million Dollar Collar on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, go Tyless is Go Tyless. That's uh, we have that handle on all social media. Um, I'm at Rob at Million Dollar Collar. If you have any questions or anything about you know, patenting or any of that process, or if somebody knows how to do exchanges on Shopify. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. I'm, I'm, we're all over uh, LinkedIn, everything. So Awesome. Thank you, Rob. And thanks so much for being on the, uh, the podcast today. It's been so nice to catch up with you and, um, and hear all the new directions that your business is heading in. Thanks, Chloe. It was awesome catching up. Great talking to you.
I cannot believe how much we've packed into this interview. You have got lessons galore on the testing and optimization of the big ideas that create a business. You've got Facebook ads outsourcing advice, outsourced team advice, brilliant influencer tips, and much, much more. I love the way that you can you can get from this episode how in those early stages, the first few years, the ideas expand and then they contract. And then you find a bit of traction here and you chase that down. And then a challenge comes along and you have to change tack and do something else. And just the constant optimization of every level of the business. If you'd like to get your hands on the notes from today's show, including the top tips, links, details of all the related episodes, including the first one that I did with Rob, uh, then do head over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, where you'll see a link for this show. And it's great to have heard another work in progress growth story as part of our 2020 e-commerce master plan growth series sponsored by Omnisend. The other one was episode 255, if you want to catch that. It's where I was talking to UXB Skincare's Simon Driscoll, who spent last year refining his product and business model, and this year is going marketing crazy. In episode 255, we discuss how he's got to this point and what marketing he has planned. And Simon's going to be back on the podcast in a few months to tell us how it's all gone. So do check out that episode. Well, and quite frankly, all of the growth series, because there's so many lessons in there which are going to help you. Whatever size your business, whether you're pre-launching or you're turning over millions, I promise you in every episode, you're going to find something that's going to help you take things to the next level this year. Now, we get a lot of people finding the e-commerce master plan podcast for the first time during our growth series. If that's you, welcome. It is awesome to have you here. Thank you for checking it out. And my word, you have so much in the back catalogue to um, to work your way through. We have so many episodes out there now. Um, but if that is you as well, please do not forget to hit the subscribe button. And also let me know what you think of the show by adding a review. You can do that in Apple Podcasts, Spotify or your podcast player of choice. I hope you have a great week. And just like Rob's been busy doing, keep optimising. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast.